you know, a lot of things in life, I, I find myself, and I'm sure that you're, you're like me, we get upset about things that really aren't ultimately important. Would you agree with that? You agree a lot? We, we do. You know, if we were going home tonight and we were wanting to watch a show and we were really looking forward to it and it wasn't on tonight, for some reason we'd freak out, wouldn't we? It really, it really doesn't matter, especially in this day and age when you can watch it 850 other times uh, through some some venue. or You know, if, if, if my house, we went home tonight and the Wi-Fi wasn't working, that would be panic city, wouldn't it? Now, if you're, if you're a business person and you're doing something with your business through your Internet tonight, I understand that's a big issue. But Cindy and I will survive if we do not have Wi-Fi tonight. Most of you would too, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's really ultimately, uh, it's not a, a game changer of importance. But I think you would agree with me, honoring God is important, isn't it? We're in Proverbs 3 tonight, and the, the word, the Hebrew word, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew for honor, means to show, show weight to somebody, to give respect and to, uh, to, to give credence to, to really lift them up as being awesome and different and separate and special. And you, would you agree with me? Dishonoring or honoring God is, is, that's an important subject, isn't it? So I'm going to ask you a tough question now. Are you, uh, are you honoring God with your money? Are you honoring God with your money? If you have your Bibles, we, again, Proverbs 3, we're going to be in verse 9 and 10. Several years ago, People Magazine listed a sin index. Wouldn't you like to, this to be true? Uh, and they asked people, uh, in our country, and these people weren't necessarily saying they were Christians, rate what are bad sins and good sins. What, what, what are bad and what are worse? Of course, adultery uh, made a pretty big murder. It's pretty bad. Uh, it, uh, parking in a handicapped space. Did you know that was a sin? That's not a good thing, but according to the American public, that ranks up there close to adultery. So remember that the next time you feel the need to cheat somewhere uh, for a parking space. But but what's interesting, when it comes to how we handle our money, how we give our money to God, people rate that as not a very big deal. That's not a very big sin. That's like lying. That's not, not, that, not that big of a deal. But if you look in verse 9 with me, listen to what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. In other words, you can honor God or you can dishonor God. Remember the word honor means to show glory. It means to give weight to. It means to let somebody or something know that they are awesome, they're special, and they, they, they really matter. And I, again, I think that you and I would agree that honoring God is important. And God says, I want you to honor me with your money. So the, the negative of that would be we can dishonor God by our giving too. Would you agree with that? Whether we agree with it or not, it's true. So, so I think, I think everybody in this room tonight, hopefully most watching would agree that if you want to honor God, you don't pick and choose how you are going to honor God, right? You, you honor God on His terms, His way. And if God says, I want you to honor me, God says, I want you to honor me with your money, then we need to figure out how do we honor God with our money. And I want to give you three things that this text teaches us and the Bible teaches us, how we honor God with our money. Number one, we make giving God our first financial priority. Giving to God should be for the Christian. Let me pause and say this. If you're not a Christian tonight, 
or you're, you're watching tonight and you're not a Christian, we are not after your money at all. We are, we are wildly, unapologetically after you. We want you to come to Christ. We would love to have you in our church family. We want to help you and grow you. We're not after your billfold. If you're a Christian, though, this applies to you. This, this is for you and me. In verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crop. The word wealth there in your Bible means your substance. It can mean your riches. It just means your money. It means your resources. And then he says, with the first fruits of all your produce. Now, he's talking to a largely agricultural society then. You understand that. This transfers over to your credit card or debit card or your bank account. Your first fruits. This is in a very important concept. First fruits means the first in time. It means the first in order. It means the, the first in rank. It means your very best. God says, I want you honor, to honor me with your, your substance, with your resource. How do you do it? it? It begins with giving God from your first fruits. It means that you make God your first creditor. Your first debt, my first debt as a Christian is to God. And you say, well, I don't want to hear this tonight. Tough, you're already here and the doors are locked. And this is just as much of the Bible as Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. This is important if you want to honor God. It starts by a simple decision to say that I'm going to prioritize God first with my money. Now, I have no idea what any of you give. I, have not, I don't see that. Brenda's the only one that knows that, her and God, and that's between you, Brenda, and God. But I know that a lot of us are giving God what's left over. We're giving God what we have left, right? We're giving God our second, third, our tenth best after we pay everything else and go on multiple vacations and do all that. And, and that's not right. If you were going to have somebody to you significant over for dinner tomorrow night, whether it's the governor, President Trump, whoever it is, a senator, a movie star, whoever it is, I'm going to bet you're not going to pull out the pizza you ate Sunday night and feed them. You're going you're gonna to give them your very best. Listen, we honor God by making him our financial priority. We give him of our, our, our very best. And you've got a plan to do this. Uh, this, is a, this is a key to being blessed. I believe that. But you've got a plan. You've got you to set a budget. You've got to have priorities. People like Dave Ramsey, Norman Annie. If, are you all teaching a class this semester, uh, uh, Financial Peace, Norm? Going to be teaching, okay. But you find books and talk to people who can help you, but, but have a plan, have a budget, but you start by putting God at the top of that budget. If honoring God is truly important, and I believe it is with everyone that's here this evening. Here's the second part of how we honor God. We start by giving God at least a tithe of our money. We start by giving God a tithe of our money. It's a biblical principle Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first part, the best part of all your produce. What is a tithe? A tithe is a 10%. Malachi chapter 3 is a famous section about tithing. Malachi 3.10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. A tithe, again, means 10%. Now, I've heard this for many, many years from people. Well, tithing is the Old Testament law. That doesn't apply to us. That is... That is church people, our ministers or whoever, looking for a loophole. Amen? You looking for a loophole? We hear, Brandon, we hear loopholes in counseling, don't we? Well, I wouldn't do this except they did this to me. You're looking for a loophole. 
Quit looking for loopholes. If you want to say the Old Testament law was tithing, you don't know the Bible very well. The, the tithing started long before the law did. Did you know that? In Genesis chapter 14, when Abraham met Melchizedek, who was the high priest, he gave him a tenth of everything he had. In Genesis 22, Jacob worships God long, 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 long before the law is given. And you know what he does? He gives God a tenth of everything he has. In a funny story, if you're taking notes in Matthew 23, verse 23, Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees. They're the religious green beret of their day. And Jesus tells them, I'm paraphrasing, you guys are, you're, you're meticulous in your tithing off these little plants and these little things. Don't stop doing that. Jesus didn't say, hey, that's the law. You don't have to do that anymore. I've come. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. None of that applies anymore. He doesn't say that. He goes, keep doing that. And by the way, paraphrase, quit being jerks. Quit being jerks. Jesus didn't tell them to quit tithing. He, in fact, he encouraged them and told them they were doing well for that. It, it, this is a, an interesting tidbit. Don't raise your hand, but a, a tithe intimidates people. We'd rather give God a a little touch of the offering plate than a tithe. If you were an Old Testament Jewish person living by the law and living it properly, some scholars believe that there was two to three tithes that were due every two or three years. You gave a tithe every year to the priesthood, 10%. You gave a tithe every year for the national festivals, 10%. What's 10 plus 10, you math teachers? 20? Are you starting to get nervous now? 20%, and then every third year you gave a tithe to the poor. So it matters that over a three-year period, you, your tithe was about 23% of your income. How many of you are good with 10? We can go to a 23 here at First Baptist. We can. We won't tell you until after you join, but then we will go to that. So it, it's really not that bad of a deal when you think about it that, that way. Now, the problem is, is uh, a lot of people really struggle with this. What do you tithe off of? You tithe off the gross or the net. You know the difference? The gross is that grossly exaggerated number before Uncle Sam puts his hand in it. Here's my belief. Here's what my wife and I practice. We give off the gross. That's the first fruit. We give off that before Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam's going to get in to, to it, but we give God off of our first fruit. We give God at least a tithe. Tithe's a starting point. Some of you tonight say, I can't do that, okay? You start Sunday at 5%, and by next December, be at 10. You can do that. This is how you honor God. Listen, we don't honor God on our terms. We honor God on His terms. Don't think tonight that you can honor God in every way, but not honor Him with your billfold and be honoring God. We honor God with our wealth by starting, by making Him our priority, by starting by giving Him a tithe. And, and here's the third thing, and just hear all this through so you won't misunderstand me, but your tithe belongs to your church. It belongs to your church. Honor the Lord with your wealth. We won't read it again, but in Malachi 3.10, he says, bring the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse were places in the temple. In the Old Testament, there, was, there would have been really no concept whatsoever that you were mad at your priest or mad at the temple or mad at the synagogue or you just like some traveling prophet, so you gave your tithe to them. There was no concept that, of that at all. Your tithe... Your tithe, that 23% that they were giving, went to, the, went to their temple and their synagogue. And the, the modern version or Christian translation of that is to the church. The New, New Testament, folks, 
the Bible says that the church is the body and the bride of Christ. The church is two things. The church is all Christians of all time, but the primary meaning of church is a local body. Ninety-five to a hundred times where the word church is found in the New Testament, 115 times it's found in the New Testament, it's talking about the local church. The local church is organized religion, folks. It's an organized place with ministers, with deacons, that baptizes, that preaches, that teaches, that does the Lord's Supper, that fellowships, amen, we get to eat together, and that we do mission work to reach the world. That's what a church is. There's a lot of good organizations. FCA, BCM, good organizations. Those aren't churches. Those are arms or branches of the church. I'm not telling you this because I'm a pastor. I'm telling you this because it's the truth. If Cindy and I, when we retire, or I go to teach somewhere someday or whatever, and I'm not a pastor, you know what? We will be in a church, and we will tie to our church. I've heard this said before, not not from any of you, not, not at, at this church. I've never heard this, but I've heard people say, I don't trust those ministers. I don't trust that church. I'm not going to tithe. Go to another church. Can I get a loud amen? I don't trust the church. I don't trust my ministers. Why are you there? I'm not, I don't want any of you to leave. I'm just saying, how ridiculous is that? That's crazy. But for some reason, we struggle so hard with this. Dave Ramsey, who I mentioned his study courses, we got a picture of Big Dave there. Clayton and I got to hear him preach in Dallas this last summer, did a great job. Dave Ramsey said, studies show that over the last 50 years, 3% of church member Christian people tithe to their church. About 60% of American Christians who go to church give 3 to 5% tithe. Mm, we're missing it, aren't we? We're missing it somewhere. And I tried to pin Brenda down this week. How many of my blessed sheep tithe? And, and it's, it's hard to figure that out. But it's, it, our church may be at the 10 to 15%. Isn't that great? We are, we are double to triple the national average. Isn't that great? We are better than them. Amen? <laughs> my goodness, folks, we had a great year financially last year. I'll be sharing more of that with you in the near future. We, we would have taken in $2 million more million if people tithe. You should tithe to your local church. And, folks, I want to tell you, I want to encourage you. The Bible talks about giving offerings above your tithe. That's a, that's a Lottie Moon, great cause. Kathleen's here, life choices, great cause. Give to Tech, give to Grambling, give to Cedar Creek, give to schools, give to the BCM or, or FCA, but your tithe belongs to your church. Give above and beyond that as you can, absolutely. Billy Graham the great Billy Graham set the bar, in my opinion, on evangelism and on parachurch ministries. And bi- listen, Billy Graham's organization at one time were taking in over $100 million a year in donations. But they're, traveling, they're doing stuff all over the world. They're using it well. But I've heard Billy Graham say this multiple times. We want you to give to our ministry after you tithe to your church. Folks, a ministry that doesn't encourage you to do that is bootlegging you. Something's not right with that. And if Billy Graham can take up $100 million encouraging you to tithe first, that's probably a a good indication that God blesses and honors that. You want to honor God with your wealth? I believe you do. I don't think you would have got sick and left already. But you give to God 
Give God, make him first. Tithe, tithe to your church. Several, several years ago, I talked to a financial planner who was a, a Christian. And we were talking about tithing and giving and spiritualness. And he said, I've never seen a Christian family, a Christian person, a Christian couple who succeeded spiritually who weren't tithers. Because you can't honor God selectively. So how does this honor God? Let's answer that. How, how do we honor God by our money, by giving it properly? How, how does this honor God? Number one, it's obedience. It's obedience. God doesn't make a suggestion here. God says, honor the Lord with your wealth. He's not, he's not asking us to. He's telling us to. Would you agree with me? Selective obedience is not really obedience. How many of you have or have had teenagers? They are excellent at selective obedience, right? Amen. I just had a teenager down there for my past. Say amen. And, and you know, when your teenager is nice to you, respectful, cleans their room, brushes their teeth, says yes, sir, no, sir, and then they show up 45 minutes late for curfew, they're not doing what they need to be doing, Correct. And all that good stuff is not wipe away that issue. Folks, listen, a lot of Christians, we sing, we should sing. We praise God, we should praise God. We go to Bible studies, man, we ought to do that. We pray, we ought to do that. We, we, ought, to, we ought to be involved in ministry areas. But if we decide we're not going to give as we should, that's disobedience. That's not honoring God. We, we, we obey God when we give as we should. A, a pastor in Illinois told a funny story years ago. They were, they were picking elders. It was an elder-led church, and some of the ministers were elders, some of the laymen, and being an elder is a big deal. And, and one of the requirements is that you had to be a tither to be an elder. And they, they knew this guy. They said, you know, he, he wasn't. So they said, look, we want you to be an elder. The church wants you to be. You've got to start tithing. He goes, I'm not going to tithe. I don't believe in that. I'm not going to do that. I don't tithe. I'm not going to do that. A few weeks later, the pastor said in this worship service, he looked out, and they were singing, I surrender all. And he saw that man saying, I, you know, I surrender all. And he wanted to say, I, I wanted to scream out to, to him, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't surrender your bill, foe. You're not surrendering all. I'm faithful to my wife 30 days a month, but 31, I struggle. It's obedience. It's obedience. Here's the second thing it is. It's faith. For, for some of you right now to make a decision, you're going to start tithing. It's going to be a faith decision. By that, I mean you're going to have to trust God. You've got debt issues. You've got problems. And it's going to, you need some financial help, and you need some financial direct. It's going to take faith. Listen, God loves you to trust Him. Some of you are tithing, and God wants you to do more, and He wants you to trust Him for that. You're taking notes, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. God loves, God rewards, God honors those who seek Him and who trust Him. When you decide to give your money as you should, it's obedience. It also is a faith thing to step out and do that and do it consistently. And God honors and He loves faith. And here's the third thing that, that's so important, guys, is giving is a ministry. Have you ever thought about that? Giving is ministry. It doesn't just help with ministry. Giving is a ministry. I want you to read along with me 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to have it on the screen. God who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food 
will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so you can hoard it. No, so you, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all. Do you know what? When you give as you should, you go to the right kind of church that's generous with their money, and you give as you should, you, that's ministry. Some of you go, what's well, my ministry? Well, we want to help you. I'm going to tell everybody here has a ministry of giving. Yesterday, I had lunch with Greg Phillips and his son, Josh. Josh is a missionary. Our church is, uh, is helping him financially. We'd love to. We want to. One thing I said to Josh, Josh knew this. I said, you know, everybody can't go. A lot of us should. More should be going than are going, but, but not all of us can go. But listen, everybody can pray and give. Is that correct? Some of you are going, well, I'll pray. No. Mi- listen, missionaries don't exist just on the fumes of God. You, you know this. Don't we have good lighting in here? Blinding me sometimes, but don't we? You like the heater? How many of you like the heater? Listen, listen, you cream puffs. You like the air conditioner in the summer, don't you? How many of you like the air conditioner in the summer? Do you think the city of Ruston gives this to us for free? No, no. The, the, the ministries that we're able to do, every ministry you have on this staff is a missionary. And we support causes all over the world. Let me share with you some neat stuff from last year. Last year, 2018, our church, this is uh, general receipts, that's, that's offerings and tithes. We took up $2,442,000. $2,442,000. That's a pretty good paycheck, isn't it? That's you guys. But listen to some of the things we did with it. The cooperative program, if you don't know what that is, that is a Southern Baptist mission arm where we, through the cooperative program, we, we help sponsor seminaries in America, Colleges, hospitals, 5,000 missionaries all over the world, missionaries in North America through the cooperative program. Last year, you gave right at $247,000. Did you get that? That's, that's good. I'm not beating you up now. I'm trying to help you. The Concord Association, our, our church is a member in the Union Parish, Lincoln Parish Association doing ministry here. We gave... $37,000 to this. Now, listen to this. If people say they want to go to a church that's about missions, we're about missions, Ruston, all over the world. Last year, you guys gave $552,000, over a half of a million dollars to mission causes all over the world. Somebody say Amen. You know what? And we will never know this side of heaven all the people that have been touched by that. See, giving is ministry. Man, when we give as we should, it, it enables us to touch the world and our world for Jesus. And here's the last thing this evening. That's the point you always like to hear, isn't it? When you honor God, He's going to honor you. When you honor God, He's going to honor you. Some of you look sleepy. How many of you believe the Bible? 
most of it. Verse 10 is a great verse. After you do the, the first thing, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. That word filled means to be replenished. God says, you give, I will replenish. But he doesn't just talk about replenishing. Then he uses the word, and and your vats will be bursting with new wine. That word burst means to break over or to brim over. I am a, uh, I'm an overdoer. And when, when I make something, a lot of times, I put too much in it. Any of y'all ever do that? Like Sunday, I don't eat ice cream except on Sunday. And on Sunday, as soon as I get home from church, I make ice cream. And it's, it is at the top. Because why wouldn't it be, right? And, and when I make chocolate milk, it's, always, it's hard to get to my chair without spilling something. And Merrick says, and you can know when I've got coffee in the office because there's a little trail of coffee because I put too much coffee in. I like having plenty, don't you? And God says, listen, Malachi 3, we won't look at it, Jamie, Malachi three ten. God says, test me, test me. And I will throw open the, the gates of floodgates of heaven and pour blessings out on you. Now, folks, this is not health and wealth. You've seen some of that nonsense on TV. You know, give money. And I, I, literally, I've heard one guy say, empty, fill up your credit card by giving to our ministry and then watch God wipe your debt away. What a, what a horrible thing to say. It's not health and wealth. But the truth is, you can't outgive God. And, and, and I can testify, many of you can, when you budget and you handle your money right and you give as you should, God blesses you in a thousand ways and God blesses you financially. God blesses you financially. He absolutely does. And if you don't have a testimony about that, the problem's not with God. The problem is with you and me. Years ago, before I met Cindy, well, in the church I was pastoring, a small church, they were paying me as well as they could, but they were poor people. I didn't make much money. My car broke down. I had a $110 bill. Now, that might be a $500 bill today. That was 25 years ago. And that was a lot of money to me. That was a whole lot of money to me. And so I, I was, you know, what am I going to do? I, you know, God, I serve you. I tithe, and then my car breaks down. God, what are you doing to me, God? And that next Sunday was Pastor Appreciation Day, and that little church gave me $100. You think that was a coincidence? Well, just $100. $100 is a lot of money to a poor redneck preacher. So you know what was out of my pocket? Ten bucks. And I promise you that $100 they gave me, I tithed off it the next week. You've heard me say it before. You shovel it to God, and God will shovel it back. The difference is he's got a lot bigger shovel than you do. I saw this on Facebook. Believe it or not, there are good things on Facebook and social media. A pastor in Tennessee posted this. He said, the greatest financial investment of a Christ follower, the greatest financial investment a Christ follower can make is to tithe into a local church that preaches Jesus with passion. I'm going to modify that. I believe that. But I would say the greatest financial investment a Christ follower can make is to tithe and then give above and beyond that to their church and anywhere else they can. And to local churches are to places that are passionate about the mission of Jesus Christ.
the greatest investment you can make for eternity. It's honoring God. You're obeying God. And I promise you, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive Him. You're here tonight and you're not a Christian. I started by telling you, we don't want your money first, we want you. You come and give your life to Christ tonight. Meet us over here after the service. We'd love to help you find Christ. Maybe you'd like to join our church. Kind of tough to do that after a tithing sermon. But we would love for you to. You can come and join right now or join after church. Hey, listen to me. You're a Christian. Many of you are doing great with this. And what you need to do is keep it up and ask God how you can continue to increase your ministry of giving. Some of us aren't doing very well. And what we need to do tonight, whether it's where we're standing or praying with a minister, we need to repent. We need to make a commitment with God. Maybe it's starting at that 5% tonight and saying by December I'll be at 10. But let's make a decision that if we're going to honor God, we're going to do it on His terms, and we're going to do it in every area of our life. Let's stand. As God leads you, you come. We'll be waiting on you.